under the ivy-covered trees, across the illuminated path. Beyond the Yard of Bone lies the sanctum of cinema, games, and geek culture. And if one rules naturally, with truth and without fear, they may enter the Order of the Midnight Ruler. The die is cast. Welcome, fellow seekers, to the Gaius Sanctorum. We are your guides. I am Jameson. And I am Scully. And welcome to the Order of the Midnight Roller podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about... Funny D&D stories in our personal campaigns. Or disasters, which happens most of the time. Most of the time. But first, a message from our sponsor. Do you keep on messing up your lines? Try editing software. It is a lifesaver. You do not sound as stupid as you do in real life. Not a sponsored video. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go first today. Um, I think the first one is from a game prior to our um, present group of players. Uh, it was, I think there was like three or four of us. It was in our apartment before he had moved to the house. And uh, I played a tabaxi rogue swashbuckler. Uh, the particularly funny um, incident came when our DM threw four automatons at us. And I said, well, instead of fighting these automatons, which we knew could kill us, it could have been a TPK. So instead of, of fighting them, I decided that I was going to charm one of them. And I charm. I successfully charmed a uh, one of the uh, robots. Uh, I think it was like a. It, mu- it must have been an at twenty because I kissed the robot, and the robot then got feelings for my character. Can automaton actually get feelings for someone? In this game, they did. Interesting. And it, every once in a while, because of this our DM would bring the robot back like it's been following me throughout the game. Stalker. It possibly could have been a stalker, honestly. But yeah, the, ever since that moment, he couldn't believe that I charmed a robot to not kill us. The entire party. Well, I have a story very similar to that. <laughs> I can only imagine you were at this game. Uh, okay. Uh, so we were on a ship and <laughs> yes. we were being attacked by Krakens. Yes, we were. Well, this was a game that I played an Illithid, which is kind of like a Cthulhu type character. So I had tentacles covering my mouth. I spoke telepathically, whatever. Mm. In a terrible russian accent in my terrible russian accent which is most of your characters (laughs) um but interestingly enough like and of course i'm a rather large character and i have all this armor on and i dive in the ocean to try to communicate with the kraken well it tries to invade my mind and i end up rolling a nat 20 and actually befriending the kraken We couldn't believe it. No, like, the DM just, like, ended up staring at me going, well, okay. 
And then we had to fight into the pirate ship. Well, I started throwing bodies overboard yes. to feed the Kraken, saying they're hungry, they need souls, let's help them out. Which didn't didn't satisfy the Kraken at all, because then it attacked an entire town. Well, it, I think, I can't remember what happened, but I might have actually called them. I think you may have called it, and then it destroyed an entire city. I mean, they were hungry. They just, true. they need food too. It's very true. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the weirdest Reduce, things. Reduce, recycle. Uh, I somehow became like a Kraken cultist unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And they were my people. So I just was like, hey, you can have souls. And I mean, that's the way it works, honestly. I mean, why not make a friend from a deep old one in the sea? Why not? It's not fishy at all. Not at all. That's my one pun, by the way. It's my one pun. I'm going to keep track of how many he uses. I'm allotted one free pun an episode, and I just used it. Uh, What would be your next outlandish story? The next one you were in. This is uh, the first iteration of my uh, Victorian steampunk uh, campaign, where you had to go into the labyrinth oh god and fight jareth uh the white duke mind you jareth the goblin king was my brother indeed he was and so i thought it would be funny that the character himself that i put them up against um did psychic damage so i thought it would be funny at least in my head that I would cause the actual care the players psychic damage by playing David Bowie's Dance Magic Dance for 45 minutes straight. That's without stops. The the battle lasted 45 minutes, and I played Dance Magic Dance for on four, repeat on repeat for 45 minutes. And every few rounds, I was like, okay. Roll, <laughs> roll a wisdom check to see if you got any psychic damage. The downside with this one is we had magic dance stuck in our head for two weeks straight. I coincidentally caused actual psychic damage. It was worse than singing Baby Shark on repeat. I still would probably rather listen to Dance Magic Dance for 45 Oh, I, I would too, but I mean... Singing it for four, for two weeks straight because you listen to it for 45 minutes is quite painful. Now I know that that would be a proper torture technique. <laughs> no, would you would probably just play Baby Shark on repeat. That would be a good torture method. That's true. It could have been. Mm-hmm. But, you know, equal. Um, yeah. I don't know. I Maybe mean, David Bowie would probably be a little more enjoyable, at least at first. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, next one for you. Um, well, this is going to encompass every campaign I've ever been involved uh, with. I think I know where this is going. We have a tendency to set things on fire. Directly or indirectly. And when I say set things on fire, I mean not just like burning houses or burning an enemy. No, every single holy site we have ever come across, we have somehow set on fire. Even when there isn't any magic. Even when there isn't any magic. Somehow, some way, 
a fire gets started. It just happens. It just, just happens. It just happens. And it's incredible. I don't know. Under, and that's not just in your campaigns. It's my campaigns no, too. It's your campaigns because the same campaign yeah. that we did the Kraken in, we raided the uh, church. Church and then set it on fire. Yeah. No offense to, to, to churches. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like like any denomination. It was, it was just like, whatever deity they worshipped. Right. And it just got yeah, set on fire. It just got set on fire. That, that randomly, one, I think... It just randomly got set on fire. No, I think we purposefully did. Because we killed the head monk because he was a douche. I think so, yes. I think he was a douche. He was a douche. Yes. I do remember that. I, uh, how about when we when you guys set the neighborhood on fire? In oh. the alleyway. The alley neighborhood. And it was like, Firebolt. Whoops, I missed. And now half the neighborhood's on fire. Was that with the toaster or without that, the toaster? That was before the toaster. Okay. Well, speaking of toasters, I will talk about the godforsaken meatball sandwich and toasters. So... I'm a huge fan of Top 5 Scary Videos, which is a YouTube channel uh, where they go over movies and different things in fiction. But one of the things they like to talk about is the SCP Foundation. And I introduced Chris to the SCP Foundation because I thought it was hilarious and we both like secret societies, weird things like that. Well, anyway, there was... My favorite. SCP... That is a toaster. Uh, how can you not love a creepy entity that is an evil toaster? Evil toast. Well, he decided to take it a step further. So we're battling this toaster, which is ironic. Well, not ironic. It is um, interesting, to say the least, just me saying it. So we're fighting a toaster. And he has another minion. The minion is a evil, demonic meatball sub sandwich. Which I coincidentally got the idea from uh, a wonderful show off of uh, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim called Operation Hunger Force. Well, interestingly enough, we were trying to battle the toaster because we thought the toaster was the, uh, the, the big bad. Turns out it wasn't. The no. toaster was being controlled by the meatball sandwich. Right. This was also the time that the druid set the entire neighborhood on fire I'm because of a missed sure firebolt. A firebolt, yes. And I think the ranger was like shooting at you guys through through the walls and like through the doors, but didn't know exactly where you were in the room itself. So you're just like firing blindly into the room where it could have hit you. I think he didn't hit us that time. There was one time he did. I think he did, but I don't think he hit you guys luckily that time. I know there was one he shot through a wall and hit me. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. But it wasn't that time, I don't think. No, it wasn't that time. I don't think so at all. Um, I think my next one is actually from my current game. Uh, On Tuesday mornings, I run a futuristic post-apocalyptic game uh, that is based in Matt Mercer's Teldorai. Uh, we have one particular player who plays a cannibal rogue. 
she, she's a it's funny and kind of amazing all at the same time. Uh, they were gifted a house in a, a city in the land, and everybody else was on a mission, and she was kind of left to her own devices to kind of wander this manor. Well, the house is a smart house, so it has like a Cortana almost, uh, a la Master Chief uh, Halo. Uh, and she was like, well, I want to get into everybody's rooms. Can I change the security settings to uh, me owning the house itself? The computer was fine with this. She got uh, uh, permission from uh, the mayor of the city, and it was great. Uh, moments after getting... Uh, ownership of this home, she got a random email on her PDA that basically said that now that she is the sole owner of the home and it is no longer a gift, she owes like $26,000 in back taxes. That's just way too realistic. It's a kind of way too realistic. Um, it's a factor that she has to go now and talk to uh, the mayor of the city and figure out a way to get this back taxes paid um they strike a deal and basically have to go on an entire mission just to um uh just to get the the back taxes paid which led to other missions which has led to other side missions it hasn't even been finished yet i think we're i think there's like four or five uh side quests and it, the the mission to pay the back taxes on this house has still yet to be done. Oh, it still hasn't been paid? No, it's still... Well, technically it has because the mission is technically done. But the mayor doesn't know really that I believe that the back taxes have been paid. They basically said, well, if you do this for me, then I'll forgive all of the back taxes. But they haven't, they just completed it. And they haven't gone back to the city to tell him that it has been completed. This is also the same campaign that I came in uh, out of the kitchen and I was cooking myself lunch. And a certain character just, I heard this person say, out of the blue, where are the drugs? And I had to go around the corner and look at her and go, really? You're just going to say, where are the drugs? I mean, it's a futuristic post-apocalyptic wasteland. It, it just, it was the way it was said, though. It's just, you know, it's something that gets mentioned. There's a lot of, like, not great things that are in this, that are in in this. So, you know, it's, it's not a, a normal thing. It's not an unnormal thing. So. I, it was just weird for me. Nah, it's all right. It's understandable. I'm... Sorry, the cat is yeah, on uh, the table. Sorry uh, for the quick interruption as our um, resident show pet has uh, showed up. And one's attention, attention literally just crawled on my chest for like five minutes. Not five minutes, more like two, but more still. Well, speaking of burning things, <clears throat> we, I, I play a lot of um, Vampire the Masquerade, and I decided to do a campaign set in ancient Rome. 
and they had to go find one of the lost missing tablets for our client and blah 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 nope so you need to stop that okay we'll see if that makes it into the episode or not um anyway so they had to go to the library of andal the players had to go to the library of alexandria to do some research on where the missing artifact was well you all have had games where <laughs> you've all had games where uh you just don't roll well at all we all have had those games yeah that i mean wait what are you talking about that is most of our game well that is most of the games that is most of our games but also the fact that literally what was supposed to be a like maybe five to ten minute scene where you guys are at the library of alexandria turned to almost 45 minutes well yeah i also <laughs> i also sent uh, a kid looking i ch well, charmed a kid or glimmered whatever you want to call it to go find the 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 head of the library unfortunately the, the kid had no idea where they were in the city so i ended up just standing in the top level of the library for five hours uh yeah so yeah he sends this kid out and then just waits and waits and waits and i'm like i remember because i said so have you been looking for books yeah, sure, I've been looking for books. Roll for me. I think you rolled, like, oh, one success. One success. It was terrible. It and was absolutely terrible. So I gave him the Kama Sutra. <laughs> Which I was like, I don't need this. Um, so anyway, the characters, or the players, were just down... And I forget what actually happens, but they have to roll, and someone rolls... Like, I don't remember if there was no successes or if it was just a terrible um, role. I know he wants attention. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so anyway, they ended up setting the lie. They ended up setting one of the scrolls on fire. Luckily, I gave it to him where it wasn't the scroll they needed, though it did cross my mind. Unfortunately, in order to put out the scroll, he rolled even worse. Yeah. And set the entire rack on fire. So Which the basement then set the entire library on fire. The basement was set on fire, so they burned down half the library of Alexandria. I eventually had to give them the scroll because they really just needed to move on. This was supposed to be a one shot. One shot. It turned into what a three? We never finished. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. We never finished it. We never finished it. And then that was also the going on to another one of my points in the same game, which they were supposed to, it was supposed to be a one shot. And then it ended up turning into three different shots, and they we still didn't finish it. No, no, still haven't finished it yet. Yep. Um, the next one is probably going to be from the same Tuesday morning game. So uh, my players, they just like trying to find things. They're like, what's in this environment? And I'm just like, all right, well, I didn't plan for this. 
we have a artificer in our group and she's like, well, I, I want to find plants and local plants that are, are in the area. I was like, okay, cool. Make a, make a nature check. She, she rolls a nat 20 and I'm like, great. Now I have to come up with a like on the spot plant or some kind of foliage in the area. So I'm like, fine. Somebody says something about an eagle and I'm like, awesome. And is born eagle scrote. Yes. Eagle scrote? Eagle scrote. It like is, as an eagle scrotum? Yes, as an eagle scrotum. It is called eagle scrote, which then spawned countless jokes about a, a rock band that's also named after the plant that was a long forgotten band that's now back on tour through the through the apocalypse so like share yeah kind of like share just ever living ever ever touring in this this post-apocalyptic wasteland that is Taldori now um but yeah it's i would say it's it's been used several times they still haven't refined it or know exactly <laughs> what its purpose is but they have several pieces of it just kind of like in bottles and trying it on different people and like grinding it up and putting it in stuff. So how many people have they poisoned? They haven't poisoned anybody yet. Really? No, not yet. Uh, they've tried it on themselves. It's caused some weird dreams, but they haven't killed anybody with it yet. I think they may have brought somebody back to life once or... Oh, because that from, always ends well. ...from consciousness once with it. So I guess it's a medical plant, a medicinal plant of some sort. Yes, but so was cocaine once upon a time. That's very true, but it was also in soda, but whatever. Mm, well, that's true. Well, going back to my supposed one-shot... In the world that I've created for my Vampire the Masquerade games, you have many different types of creatures. So I pull from the world of darkness, um, either the werewolves, you have wizards, obviously. Well, I decided to bring in fairies. So it's very much based off of kind of Jim Butcher's Dresden Files right, universe. Well, um, I decided to make a vampire-fairy hybrid. Mm -hmm. Now, this was the first campaign, which you don't really see in this particular um, one-shot. I wasn't going to bring her in because she's, you know, thousands of years old. But what I did bring in was a hybrid who owned a brothel. And this is... Let me... Let me First, by start by saying, I had never seen True Blood before. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no fun. Either. So I just started watching it, and I had no idea that True Blood had kind of the same idea that no, I had the, originally. The creatures and all that, yeah. Well, instead of like with True Blood spoilers, if they drink the blood of the Fae, they could walk in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. I made it if they drink the blood of the Fae, it poisons them. So, we have weary travelers who are, um, sorry, the cat is just really wanting attention. We have weary travelers who just want to have a good time because vampires can still get it on. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
and I have two, three, excuse me, three players who decide to sleep with and drink the blood of the Fae. Yes. So within about two minutes, they had lost half of their life and they were higher than a kite. Yeah. Only one of us, me, was witness to this and I was like, I'm not having any of this. You were still charmed, though. I was very much still charmed. But yeah, it was it was pretty much a disaster and... I mean, it was very comical to see them play out because our group is very roleplay heavy, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we are very RP heavy. But, oh my, that was not on my plan. That's what happens. You just got to roll with it, no pun intended. Um, I'm going to go way back, way back. Now, see, I started playing uh, D&D and TTRPGs when I was about 13, and... Uh, the year after, I was about 14, I started DMing. And my friends and I, we really, the only like references we had to fantasy and RPGs at that point was Monty Python. Oh, dear God. And the quest for the Holy Grail. So I took it upon myself to make my own campaign based on this. In one particular session, I decided, well, I don't really have uh, an enemy. So I made a castle, which is also a scene in the movie, that launched cows. <laughs> they, had to fight, they had to fight an entire castle whilst batting off cows from the sky. I believe this was also the session where they had to battle the sun. The sun. The sun was a bad guy, almost like Mario, almost like the Teletubbies. But well, that's that's just a little crafty and nightmare waiting to happen. But. It's a nightmare. Thinking back on that, that is nightmare fuel because the sun, the baby sun from Teletubbies is absolutely one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in my life. So I do have one question about that. Sure. Were the players' mothers hamsters and did their fathers smell of elderberries? They may have. They may have. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of role-playing, um, I try my hardest to really get into my characters. However, as we've kind of discussed before, my accents are They're not accents, Jameson. They're the best. They're accents. My German turns Russian. My Irish turns, turns Russian. Russian. My Hindu turned Russian. Your Russian is Russian. My Russian turned slightly English. <laughs> and my true. English is up right going up. like to the wind. Yeah. And I also get really high pitch voice for whatever reason. So, but one of the things when it comes to accents, you're never going to get better unless you practice. So I always say, you know, even if it isn't, quite PC or even if it isn't uh, exactly the way that you would want it do the accent anyway and you'll just get better over time yeah because I do put on a pretty good Russian accent yeah I mean you could you should just maybe make a Russian character once then you won't have to worry about it yeah well I mean I can't have all my characters be Russian that is one thing that really does irritate me with players 
and this is kind of a side ramp when they always side ramp side rant when they always play the same character whether it be the same character or the same class or the same with role-playing games you should be able to express yourself in multiple different ways i mean if that's what makes them comfortable fine but i mean i don't want to ever make anybody do anything they don't want to do like if somebody's like all right well i played a rogue in my last game and i really want to play a rogue again I'm like that's fine maybe a different kind of rogue but i mean i can understand what you're you're coming from with their play they're literally you're saying that they're literally playing the same character from the last campaign yes as this campaign and you know there are people who just i mean that's what they like to do and that's fine it is a pet peeve of mine because, especially with like the different settings, mm. it doesn't always work. And why not do something a little bit different? Why not have a little bit more fun with it? Yeah. But, I mean, that's just a side rant to each their own. I like playing different characters. Now, don't get me wrong. I do play a lot of the same classes, though, because, I mean, I, you know, I was a cleric and I was a, uh, um, not a sorcerer, uh, warlock. warlock. Yeah. Um, I did play a monk once. Yeah, you're you're stepping outside your box now. You're playing a rogue assassin. Uh, Well, well, yeah, a rogue assassin. Yeah. um, Who is also a cleric, which is quite humorous in Mm -hmm. my eyes. But I don't know. I just think that broaden your horizons. Have a little bit more fun. I try myself. I don't get to play as much as everybody else does. So as in like, I run a lot of games, but I don't actually get to like playing games more now. I mean, one it's like an every sa- other Saturday, and I, I get to play one on every other Tuesday now, so it's nice. But for a while there, I was a forever DM, like just I'm always DMing. I'm making more time to actually play now, so now I get to explore more classes and, and, and things of that nature. Well, speaking about your DMing, shall we talk about my favorite enemy that you've ever thrown at us? Are we talking about the Zoob? The Zoob. Go ahead. Oh, no. You brought it in. Okay. So, uh, I watched this great uh, YouTube channel called Drawfee. Uh, it's on YouTube, and they, they just kind of take a, uh, a theme, uh, and they kind of just... It's a bunch of illustrators or artists, and they, they get together and... They, do, they just do it. This particular episode was uh, new D&D car- uh, monsters. And one of them was a zoo. So it was like a gelatinous cube made of like five different animals. And I thought, well, that just seems amazing. And it would be a pretty hard enemy to throw at my players. I almost died twice. You did almost die twice. But it made the, the, the session a little better. Not only that, there was another thing that was hidden inside the zoo, and it was called a besniffer. So it was like a beholder, but just made out of noses. And so I threw that at them after they defeated the zoo, which they almost all died. We just need a long pause to let that sink in. Yes. A besniffer. A besniffer, which is a real thing. Well, at least now. Yeah, not fun to go up against. It was fun for me. It was not fun for me. I almost died. 
twice. And I rolled so bad that game. You did. I remember, as I said, there are games that you just roll really terribly. That was one of them. That's okay. Then you get your you get the karma come back when you roll really great and everything that I throw at you all just fails. Of course, it's not as bad as the sessions where you spend an entire session doing nothing but trying to seduce the captain of a ship. Role play. That's what happens. I mean, I thought the zombie, the, 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 what were they, zombie hippos? Zombie were, hippos. Were an amazing thing. But no, the battle lasted maybe 10 minutes. And the rest of the session, which was supposed to be part of a one shot, ended up just being them trying to, two of my players trying to seduce the captain. Happens. Epic fail. Yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. Well, that's it for my list. How about yep, you? That's all I got. All right. Well, what are your some of your guys' favorite or not-so-favorite uh, funny stories from your uh, different games? Go ahead and leave comments down below. And for me, that's all I got. And until next week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OMidnightRoll. Also, feel free to like, rate, and review us wherever podcasts are located. Until next time, good morning and momentum mori.